You're listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we are helping you identify your next step in exalting Jesus and extending the kingdom of heaven right where you are. If this podcast encourages or challenges you, please leave us feedback on our iTunes channel and share on your social media to help more people discover the very same things that are stirring you in your walk with the Lord. Good day, City Lights Equipping Podcast listener. My name is Christopher Allen Armfield, and I'm joined with my favorite Asian on planet Earth, Revelo Wong. <laughs> Revelo Wong, just in case you're not certain who is that man, that is Oliver Wong. That's who it is. How are you, Oliver? I'm doing great. I think I uh, thought of the R sound first because the blanket around your back right now reminds me of The Revenant. Oh. It's a Leonardo DiCaprio film. Yes. The only Oscar winner that he ever won, unfortunately. Yeah, but people knew he was deserving before, so I think it's a good hump to get over for him. You know that people tell my brother all the time he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. It's not a bad compliment to get. And people tell get. me all the time I'm Neil Patrick Harris. In fact, Doody. I've gotten it, I think because my hair is the length it is right now, I get it almost every day. Really? I really do. But I well get done. NPH, which means they've watched the Kumar films. I get Barney Stinson, which means they've watched um, How I Met Your Mother. And if I get Neil Patrick Harris, that means they were, oh, Neil Patrick Harris is now, but if they say Doogie Howser, yeah. that means they were watching his very first show when he was like 12 or 13 years old. If you get any more ripped from going to those UFC gyms, I don't know if anyone's going to recognize well, here, you. You know, all right. Because Neil it, Patrick Harris since is you not. said it, I'll tell you this. Somebody was commenting that I look like Neil Patrick Harris, but they grabbed my shoulders and arms and <laughs> said, and they said, they said, but if you look at you, you're not scrawny like them, like him. You're muscular and buff. And I went, what? I mean, it was such a compliment because I've been working hard to get mm-hmm. in shape. But I was like, wow, if I don't look like him, they would say it's because he's more muscular. I'd like that. Now, I don't want to be like a meathead. If anyone hasn't seen me in a while, no, I don't look like I'm working out in the gym like other pastors that you see online or on TV. But well, con- I'm just taking care of myself. That's con- all. Confessional time, since this is a podcast today topically about oh. authenticity. Oh, uh, yes, is, that uh, is our transparency, topic today. Transparency is that... Um, <laughs> Uh, I have, a, I've had a secret, you, you guys know about my Michael Jordan, um, you know, fanhood. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm also a huge fan of Bruce Lee, which of course is, you know, you might look at me with a smirk on your face because that's a very stereotypical thing for me to say being an Asian American, <laughs> but I do love Bruce Lee and found yesterday that his daughter Shannon Lee hosts both her father and her brother who also passed away in the movie, The Crow, if you guys remember that, mm-hmm. um, uh, fan kind of Instagram account, and they have a store, no which my birthday is January 4th, 1984, uh, with different <laughs> paraphernalia. And I'll tell you, there's a there's a whole artistry in developing fan gear, and certain yeah. people and brands don't pull it off, but the Bruce Lee fan gear is amazing. I like the yellow that. jumpsuit that he fights Kareem Abdul-Jabbar oh, yeah. with, or with Jackie Chan, you can buy that jumpsuit. They've got, like, from Enter the Dragon, like, these claw marks on a black t-shirt that yeah. looks like the claw marks that he got, like, scraped up on. Yeah. So I'm talking to maybe 2% of yeah. the dozens of people that we talk to right now that actually know what I'm talking about. And but what, what, if which you're one a Bruce would Lee you fan, want to be wearing, though? Because you just um, totally did an unashamed I, hint for your birthday. I saw... Actually, what would you want? The one that there, uh, the DJ Bruce is pretty cool. That one's at Target, though. But the one that I saw that's pretty exclusive at this one was like it said Jeet Kune Do on it, which is like his Ooh. whole like fighting style. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, I've been getting not made fun of, but I I wear a lot of UFC shirts. That's not like um, tap out shirts or anything like that. I mean, they're just it's the gym I go to. I go yeah. to the UFC gym here in Greenville. In fact, that's our sponsor for today's podcast, UFC Greenville Gym. 
it's not just a fighting gym, but if you want to fight, you can do that there too. Yeah. Um, but there are legit Their sponsored... financial support of this podcast is forthcoming. Not right. yet certified. No. Well, but technically... we're doing I... this thing called pre-advertising. <laughs> yeah, it's a this... new macroeconomic... We do give a huge shout out to our friends over at UFC because they've been taking care of me big time, actually, yeah. Oliver. And it's been great. I've, Good. That's, I've, I lost like 15 pounds and now I'm back up five because of muscle, not because of fat. But hey. that being said, I've been wearing UFC shirts a lot. And even Amy, one of our staff members, joked around and said, oh, do you work out there? And I... I was totally baited, and I started to say yes, and I realized she was making fun of me because I <laughs> well, have, I yes, think, five. I do. And this is my, uh, this is their new Fourth of July for America shirt, so yeah. that's why I'm wearing it. Well, Chris, uh, podcast listener Chris and I are excited to be here today. We're up in my new Cove office up here on the third floor in the upper room, and uh, we're just excited about our topic today, which yeah. um, really pits against, I think, two different, uh, ultimately harmonious themes uh, in all of our lives that we deal with as, as Christians, um, but two different themes that are sometimes hard to navigate, um, and that is the balance between, we'll use the words, human and authentic, authenticity, mm-hmm. uh, to quote the great philosopher, to thine own self be true, the idea of being human and authentic, mm-hmm. and balancing that um, with holiness. And as, mm-hmm. as we learn, you know, hear in the scripture so many times, First Peter, um, notwithstanding, be holy as I am holy, the value of holiness, not just to observe God's holiness, but to practice holiness and being like Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oftentimes those two things um, are, are in tension, in a healthy, harmonious tension. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they can be juxtaposed in such a way that if we're doing well, we get sainthood or called holy, and when we're doing poorly in a moral measuring way, and we're doing poorly, it's called human. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know Charlie Peacock wrote a book a long time ago called A New Way to Be Human. I think that even uh, Switchfoot, a band that we love, yeah. had a song, New Way to Be Human, or something about humanity. And, I mean, if, if someone was sitting and interviewing me or talking with me on the streets and they said, hey, uh, that was so human of that person to do that, honestly, what you would hear in my mind, if you could see it or hear it, you would hear me go, oh, they were walking in perfect peace with God. Mm. Now, I don't mean that because I'm like some pastor guy and spiritual mm-hmm. guy that's a pat answer. What I That just is a revealer. What that reveals about, for me, is I believe the purest essence of humanity, because of Christ and the work he's done, the purest human expression looks like Jesus now, not fleshly. Mm-hmm. So I would say the purest expression now is holy versus human. But, like you just mentioned, the tension is... Every day, I experience humanness and holiness because they're both in me. Mm. Uh, Not good dog, bad dog. That's not what I mean, podcast listener Oliver. What I mean of that is um, I understand who... I'm understanding who God is as holy, and I'm understanding how I feel as a human. Um, But which one wins at the end of the day? Not good dog, bad dog. Mm. That's not what I mean by that. There's not a battle, frankly, in me. Mm -hmm. It's a choice I make. And um, I think, hopefully, podcast listener, you're already being stimulated in that way. Uh, and hopefully we'll even talk down that narrative of good dog, bad dog, because that's, that's a dangerous topic. Um, but we, I guess, you know, one of the reasons mm. that Oliver and I chose this topic today about being authentic is because we've seen people misuse the statement, be, thine, be true to thyself, or to thine own self be true from Shakespeare, and say, like, I'm a Christian, and this is what I feel like doing, so I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just being real, man. I'm mm-hmm. just being authentic. And it totally dismisses any kind of respect or understanding of what God may have said about that. But underneath their quote, freedom, I would say they're misusing their freedom for self in that way. And I, I think Peter and Paul and John also agree with me uh, in that regard. Mm-hmm. I think it's a decent defense. But that's what we're going to talk about, Oliver. And I, I just think I'm, I'm really stimulated and stirred by this topic because I feel like I have feelings 
that do not line up with what God wants me to do at times. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say the majority of the time I choose God's only because I believe him, not because I feel it. Mm. So I feel like I'm a good candidate to hear this podcast, let alone speak it. So I'm mm. just, for the sake of this podcast, you're going to hear me be very authentic about all things from sex to money to naps to uh, pornography to lust to love, all of it. I, those are choices I make, um, mm-hmm. good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the reason why I want to talk about it is I think it is a, a two-sided coin. Um, I remember being a youth pastor not so long ago, um, and I remember being kind of concerned about one of the one of the guys that I was pastoring. Um, won't mention his name, you know, on the podcast here, but young guy, zealous for the Lord, um, you know, really only listened to, to Christian music right. and loved that, you know, and only watched Christian Christian films and. Um, I don't know if he necessarily took a vow of not dating anybody, but certainly, you know, if anybody were to pursue him, wouldn't wouldn't engage in that. Um, and so, in, in to put it in a sort of a a, a trite way, I guess, um, or kind of an overly simpl- simplistic way, there was a lot of no's in his life, sure, and not a lot of yes, unless mm-hmm. it was very easily defined in the quote holiness camp. Yeah. And so, I was concerned as a from a pastoral perspective. Um, obviously not, is he reading the scriptures, which 99% of the time you're concerned about that right. f- from a youth pastor perspective, our kids actually, you know, communing with God in the way that you'd want. Cause he had a, a, a very hearty secret place. It would seem mm. and a place where he would pray. But what I'm concerned about is, you know, oftentimes we'd use the phrase, can you be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly mm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm concerned about the second commandment, which is how well are we learning how to deal with the complexities of individuals around you and learn how to deal with different personalities and connect mm-hmm. with people and risk love mm-hmm. with another romantic person if, you know, you were to go through a, a, a season of dating just to learn how that process looks. Um, all that to say, I've seen the other gutter which is mm. such a tight halo effect, you know, to put yeah. it like in that way, of so that you're so concerned with the, with, I might, that might lead into uh, some yeah. slippery slope yeah. that yeah. I cut off and sever right. my artistic um, places where I can express myself, hobbies, fun, enjoyment. connection with mm-hmm. others, enjoyment. And there. I'm being yeah. so strict totally. on my budget of holiness that I've actually cut off certain W-H-O-L-E, you know, whole, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wholeheartedness that yep. in my life. And so... Yeah. Um, I just I, I thought we could kind of wrestle through that a bit, yeah. and and I wanted to get your thoughts on, um, you know, what does it look like not to run into either gutter? Yeah, I, well, I just want to make some comments about what you just shared because it, that's again a stirring thought. You know, you mentioned that sometimes the most holy people look like the people who said no to the most things. Jesus was saying yes to so many things: uh, healing mm-hmm. on the Sabbath, eating on the Sabbath, eating. Um, um, they were shucking corn on the Sabbath. I mean, doing a bunch of different things. And the Pharisees, who were revered as the, quote, holy people, kept saying, you're doing wrong, you're doing wrong, you're doing wrong, you're doing wrong, because Jesus was doing. Mm. So Jesus, I mean, we believe that Jesus was expressing what the kingdom of heaven looks like on earth. So Jesus was so heavenly minded on earth. And so if he's not guilty, but what we see in him is he says yes to a lot. Mm. He says yes to the outcasts. He says yes to the the adultery, adulterous woman, social outcast, talking with um, uh, opposite gender, which was taboo at that time in that place when he was talking to the Samaritan woman, um, touching a diseased person. Mm-hmm. I mean, you name it. I could go on yeah. and on, right? So it's just interesting. When you started to mention so heavenly-minded, know of earthly good, Jesus' good was for those who were labeled yeah. as bad. Yeah. <laughs> and those who were labeled as good, I'm so earthly. Like the Pharisees would say, I'm so heavenly-minded. 
they they actually cut heaven off yeah. on earth for people. And so I do think some people are so earthly-minded, they don't bring... I wouldn't say they're no heavenly good. I'd say they're so earthly-minded, they don't bring heaven to earth. Yeah. Jesus was so heavenly-minded that he brought heaven to earth. Right. So I just... What you're it saying reminds is, me, is so important. It reminds me of, of, of Romans as we talk through the idea of glory reigns. It talks a lot about heaven to earth in a series that we did most recently at our church, City Lights. And, um, and that Romans... Those two words there, his glory and our good, suggest exactly what they're yeah. saying, that they're not mutually exclusive right. and that the vision for humanity to be the truest human is to be holy and to be fully holy is to be extremely human. Well, is that's to an be extremely the, important point. Is the most, again, normal, that's, most that's, normal human. So We need to come out and say, like, well, we be, this is something we believe theologically. It, it comes, it comes for sure. I mean, another way that I've heard it said by um, Eugene Peterson, who wrote The Message and several other books, he talked about this, and it was a big... Awake. It was like just a normal Twitter day. I was going through Twitter mm-hmm. one time and I saw this quote and I, it was really stunning to me because I think for me, I could see sometimes at that point in my life, my holiness being expensive to my humanity. You know, that I was so mm. engaged in the secret place that I missed out on my wife and my family and and just being a human being fully. Um, and what Eugene Peterson says is, is losing or uh, becoming more holy shouldn't mean you're becoming less human. So going backwards to what we just said, and just to assert the point, you know, to respond to what you said, Chris, um, is, yeah, I, I think the more that I've tried to really understand what humanity would look like, mm-hmm. at the same time, understand what holiness looked like, they're not actually juxtaposed. They're right. actually harmonious. They're the same. So to be fully human at the fullest extent is Jesus, That's right. which is heaven, which right. is holiness, right. right? But then at the same time, if I'm walking through my holiness and... And I'm realizing that it's creating so many no's, it's yeah. closing so many doors that mm-hmm. I'm not actually being a W-H-O-L-E, like a wholeness mm-hmm. person, then I haven't really realized what holiness is. I mean, I wouldn't th- you agree? I, I'm, not only would I agree, I mean, the things that just came out of your mouth in this last segment are so sobering, meaning clean, clear-minded, important, profound I mean, Oliver, I just heard you say, listen, I, yeah, podcast listener, we're definitely thinking of you, but I'm just so stimulated by this conversation. I want to repeat a few. When we're thinking about raw humanity, let me just bring a little bit of definition for it. When we're thinking about raw humanity. What we're saying is, to thine own self be true. I want to be authentic. So I don't feel like reading, like some practice, I don't feel like reading my Bible. And God wants me to be uh, like true with him and real. So I'm just going to say, God, I don't read my Bible. So I'm going to go do something else. That Now, listen, I'm not dissing that. But if I always applied that personally as a just a child of God. I'm, I'm not talking as a, a shepherd pastor. I'm talking about as a, another guy who follows Christ. If I consistently decided whether I'm going to do something or not, or not do something, based on how I feel, let me just give you a window into Chris Armfield. For just, mm-hmm. I'll give you a window into Chris Armfield for 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, you go to church, you lead a church. Do you always want to go to church? No. Mm. Do you always want to get up Sunday morning and join the prayer room for at 7 a.m. for two hours? No. Mm. Physic. Oh, because you're tired? No, actually, I'm not usually tired. Why don't you? Uh, because some people's personalities get on my nerves. Mm. Uh, and so I press through. So when I go to Sunday morning, hundreds of people there, one of my flesh things, the humanity, if I'm going to be real, I would rather worship at times longer. I'd like to have no sermon. I'd like to dance. I'd like to yell. I, mm. But I... I literally take the things that I do want to do or not want to do, and I, that's not the end of the conversation for me. Mm. For me, I would say, and we, didn't, we haven't said it a whole lot today, there's an upward conversation with mm-hmm. the Holy One God, and then there's a, a lateral, a horizontal people. 
And I think Paul said it really good. Like, I, I would much rather go on and be with God if I could right now. No question. It's much better for me to go. But I'm going to stay in the flesh. I'm going to stay in my humanity because it's going to be more beneficial for me and you to spend time together. Mm. And so I know for me, um, if I always did the raw human thing, I would have had adulterous affairs on my wife. Mm. I mean, I'm just being candid mm -hmm. because there's impulses that in me that are in me at times that seem so real. Now, I will mention, I'm not talking about Reformed theology. I don't think, I don't think the deepest part of Oliver Longcross for me or me is a sinner, rotten, depraved person mm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm getting better or Oliver's getting better, but because when God sent his spirit to Oliver or me or you podcast listener, I think he, I believe wholeheartedly that he planted his spirit in the deepest part of Oliver or the deepest part of me or the deepest part of you. And now the deepest essence of me, just use a word, is holy as he is holy. Mm -hmm. I have an opportunity, even if there's feelings on top of that, I have an opportunity to live into the deepest part that I don't feel, but I believe. Mm -hmm. That's when my mind serves me well. So out of conviction, I don't go on an adulterous affair. Do I feel like it? Am I curious about it? Did I measure whether I could get away with it or not? Mm -hmm. Whatever it might be, or I could lie on my taxes, or I could do this deal, or if I did this thing, I could get away with. Why don't I do that at the end of the day? I'd like to say is this. It's not because of law, mm -hmm. nor is it because of biblical law. It's because of what I truly believe at the core. Mm. And there's plenty of times I've done things in a raw human sense. I deny the fleshly desires, even though they're more real to me than yeah. wanting to honor God or my wife or you as my friend. And so I would say I'm living, my efforts come from a certain essence. And so for raw humanity's sake, if we're trying to define that, what we would say is under the sake of Christian humanity, we go, well, to my own self be true, so I'm not going to go to church. We basically aren't conversing with God or we're not thinking of others and we justify it by I'm just being me to thine own self be true so mm -hmm. if I showed up at church I'd be grumpy and I wouldn't want this and I wouldn't want that I wouldn't want to talk to people so I don't even show up mm -hmm. because if I was true to myself I wouldn't bother anybody well be true to self at the essence be part of community and be true to self in the essence and say soul why are you so grumpy mm -hmm. hoping God stop complaining well I'm just mad because of this and that like well that's your idol then you know yeah. now I'm getting off on a tangent but your grumpiness or your annoyance is responding to something. It's because you wanted something, you didn't get it. So we're always theologians in that way. So mm -hmm. I'm passionate about this. I mean, that's me being authentic and vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I just think that sometimes maybe people look at people like you and I as pastors and go, it's easy for them. Holiness comes easy. God gave them a different DNA of this holiness all the time. If you were in my skin for 24 hours, you'd go, oh my goodness. Mm. And, and I say, oh my goodness, all the time because God, just because I feel these things as mm -hmm. a human or think them or want them, I don't always give myself to those. No mm -hmm. way. But other times I do. I'll just confess it too. Yeah. There's other times when I do and I go, God, I know this is not true to my essence. It's not honoring you, but I just want it and yeah. I'm going to do it. Well, at the beginning of this podcast, you were referencing back and forth and I and I caught it in my an asterisk in my head to remind me to go back to it because I think it was so important. But the idea of good dog and bad dog, yeah. I wanted to make sure that we clarified to the listeners, I'll kind of say share what I thought I was hearing and then you kind of clarify back to me. But by the good good dog, bad dog paradigm, you know, I often have heard that theology or practical theology applied off of Romans 8 when it talks about the spirit of sonship versus the, the flesh, nature. Mm -hmm. And potentially you could apply that, and I'm hearing you say erroneously by saying it's whichever one you feed, mm -hmm. and, and it... If you would uh, interpret it wrongly, you would say there's a there's a mutual conflict there, meaning you're just as much a bad dog right, as good, you are as a good, good dog. And what I'm hearing you saying in terms of that word essence is all of this conversation has to do with uh, 
who we believe we are right. at our essence. Right. So yeah. if we believe that we're holy, along with um, uh, dozens and hundreds of other, you know, um, descriptors of us from Ephesians and beyond, right. then we know that our truest nature is not a matter of like, which one do I allow to get fed? Right. It's saying, uh, am I going to be today the truest sense of right. myself, right. which is both human and holy at the same time? Right. Um, and so I just hear you kind of just talking about it's an identity deal mm-hmm. where really those other things that I'd want to do in terms of my, quote, humanity actually are false humanities. They're that's, not, that's they're right. pseudo-humanities, they're illegitimate, they're, they're copies but we and imitators. Them. We and feel we them, do, but they're not we real. We feel them or think them or people say them about us and we, oh, I guess I am that person or I'm not that per- I mean, I just heard somebody the other day say uh, they had dealt with something for a long time in their lives and then somebody came up to them and said, you're, you're such a disaster, you're no good, why don't you just go back and be that person? You know what they did in 24 hours? They just went and became that person again, yeah. and they hadn't been that person in years. Yeah. And so I do think there's power in words, but, but I think the most powerful word is really genuinely what we have recorded in the scriptures from God. And yes, I do think that though there is, there's good and evil, so we call it good dog, bad dog, uh, but it's not yin-yang. They're not equal. They're uh-huh. not an equal and opposite in that regard. And so do I have temptations that come from the enemy? Absolutely. With every temptation, is there a way of escape? I really believe there is. Right. Whether I listen, I'm not saying I choose it perfectly all the time. I want to, because I really believe God's way is the right way. Um, not, I don't want to because it's the lawful thing. I want to because I really believe Him, even when I feel a hunt. Ninety-nine percent of me feels like, do the human thing. It's mm. okay. There's grace for that, or whatever. It's the last time, which is all justifiers from the enemy. And one percent of me says, but God. It, I find myself on the but God a lot, not because I'm so righteous, but I just I'm growing to learn to trust Him in everything. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm getting so smart or mature or spiritual. He's just right every time in the best ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Oliver, I can't emphasize enough that you talk about the true essence of ourselves. That is a very significant theological stroke. Yeah. I was raised in Reformed theology, and usually, uh, and I think there's some goodness to this. I'm not throwing it all out, but they would say the deepest core of Oliver Wong yep. is total depravity, and there's nothing good there. What I'm saying is, apart from God, that is true. Apart from the gift of the Spirit, that is true. But the Spirit's gone deeper than the deepest essence of you, and He's restored you back to a son or daughter of God as you're listening. And I, and I fully believe that. Mm-hmm. And I fully believe Christ was normal, and so am I. And I'm, my life is, I'm, I'm a living example of the normalcy, of God being my focal. And so I'm not a rebel. I'm, I'm a harmonious, obedient son. Mm. A rebel, because for me, God is my primary focal. If I'm a rebel, then I'm saying I'm a rebel against Him. Yeah. The government and... And, and laws and, and uh, our culture is not my focal. So, yeah, I might be a rebel to some of those things, but that's not my focal. That's mm-hmm. not my identity. Yeah, so raw humanity. I mean, Oliver, if we're going to talk about it, I've seen people, you know, we use 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. So let me just read mm-hmm. this. Um, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? I mean, right there, yeah. what we do with our body, it's if you think about it that way, let's say the body is a flesh. And it says, yeah, this, the flesh is, is perishing each day and the new man is being renewed each day. But you really are a container. So if we said good dog, bad dog, instead say of a failing container with life inside of it, true life inside of it, um, and you got this from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. So glorify God in your body. So I, what I hear from that, and I'm interested in what you hear from it as well, Albert, to take it uh, for your take on that, mm. is ultimately, you know, it, it's not just a me thing. Raw humanity is I'm actually owned by somebody. So there is a Godward conversation that should have you had. But also, if God's informed at all my relationship with humans and others, that has to be part of the conversation too. And you mentioned earlier, the greatest command, love God, love others. 
if I'm not loving others, but I say I love God, so I'm that guy who says no to everything all the time, mm. I'd question whether you're really loving God. Because mm. Jesus had a perfect loving relationship with God, and he was always about others all the time. Mm. And so was Paul. Mm-hmm. And so was John. And so was Peter for the most part. So, you know, you look at that and go, it's impossible to express love to others and say you love, if to not do that and say you love, love God. Mm. Your body is owned, it's purchased, and he's implanted eternal life in you, not just a destination place, but his actual spirit. Therefore, I would say true humanity now in Christ is an upward conversation with God mm-hmm. and a horizontal conversation with others. I, to say I'm walking with God and never care about anybody else or make a decision, forfeit yeah. a freedom, or activate a freedom in Christ for the sake of others is insane to me. Mm-hmm. So to say like, oh, I can drink whatever I want. It doesn't matter whatever the people think, or I can have sex, or I can do this or do that. If it's automatically violating God's law, you're not conversing, conversing with God. Mm-hmm. If it hurts your brother or sister and severs their faith, you didn't consider your brother. There's no way that Jesus would have said, yeah, let's do this, if it was going to hurt uh, a, a brother. Now, it hurt Pharisees, but remember, the Pharisees had boasted and built themselves up on other things, and those things got offended because they said, uh, that hurts my conscience, and that hurts my severing because they made themselves to be something other than what Jesus intended. Yeah. So podcast listener, for me, Chris, as you were speaking, it was convicting and stirring in the way of, as you think about how you share or how you respond to situations, how you lament or you know, blow steam off your chest or just vent about something, or if you're deciding the language you're going to use to like talk about somebody that's not inside the room, um, you know, have, have you considered, I think, I think Chris, what you do in, 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 in that sermon that there is liberate us from a really a false narrative and an idea that being true to myself Mm -hmm. is complaining about Mm so-and-so with reckless abandon Mm -hmm. and and with only mindfulness of myself without anybody else. And that's healthy and that's venting and that's counseling and so forth. And so with a, with a limitation that the Psalms give us example of how healthy lamentation can look and end in holiness. I don't want to completely close that gap in margin, Mm -hmm. allow for that human side of it. But what I hear you saying there, Chris, is that if I'm even considering that to be the truest, truest, truest truth in my reality, I've already bought into a false narrative because I've already strayed away from the truest reality is that I, in as much holiness as God has, so therefore my temple is is that. That's That's the truest statement about me. So the truest statement about me can't, and I've already missed the step if I've, if I've gone down that road and I've already said, oh, the true statement about me is that I deserve to be mad about the way that person acted in traffic. I deserve to be mad Mm -hmm. at my, I've already put myself in a, in a, in a position in the, uh, in the world that entitles me to something that I'm not entitled to and puts me in a false identity. And that's some of the lure, I think some of the lure of the authentic authenticity movement, which you know, I think that there has been a distinguished movement sure. in our church to say, oh, let's be real, and we just got to be real, and the more honest you are around the campfire and throwing sticks in the campfire, that's the more, that's that's holiness. That's what holiness that looks like. Holy, yeah. mm-hmm. And I just think, obviously, it's a gutter. It can be a can gutter be because um, it already buys into a narrative. And so something, podcast listener, that Chris and I were talking deliberating on before we started the podcast and hit record is just this model, this one little moment with Jesus that I thought was really profound, Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is praying, mm-hmm. and he says two Pivotal statements, paraphrasing here, is one, if you can take this cup from me, do it. Mm-hmm. He's thinking, of course, of the upcoming uh, persecution, the upcoming uh, 
uh, sacrifice, the upcoming suffering that he was going to partake in. And he says, if you can take that cup from me, I'm going to be fully human right now before you got him be fully real with you and tell you, I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to. And there's, and, and obviously Jesus being perfect and never sinning, we can get it. We can theologize and therefore apply that to our lives. It's okay Mm -hmm. to tell God how you're feeling. It's Mm -hmm. okay to tell yourself how you're feeling and telling others how you feel. Mm -hmm. But here's the pivotal step. It's not getting stuck there. It's not skipping that step, but it's also not getting stuck there. And it's moving to the place of, but your will. Mm -hmm. So the way that you put it before we started, and I'd love to just get your feedback there, but the way I heard you say it, it was clear to me is being fully human and fully holy at the same time is understanding your will fully and understanding his will fully and letting his will trump. Yeah. Be, I mean, that, be, that, be sovereign. At the end of the day, it's a choice. Yeah. You know? And so the difference between us on earth and Jesus when he was on earth is choices we make. Uh, I, I just love what you just shared when you said don't skip it because, you know, let's go to the other gutter for a moment. Um, let's call that like reverent holiness. Like I'm just, I'm not going to use my brain, whatever God said I'm going to do. I'm not going to even check in with my emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do whatever. Yeah. And I think that we've seen that look like uh, someone has something horrible. And they're like, well, I just bless the Lord with all my soul, <laughs> with everything within me. And they're right. smiling like, your dog just got run over, or your house is on fire, or you just lost a child or a spouse, or you just got fired. And like, well, I just bless the Lord. And like, well, did you struggle with that? Like, no, I just bless the Lord. And, <laughs> and you just go, all right, well... What I know about that person, it's going to hit them later. They're yeah. going to be authentic with someone later. They thought that that was the most holy thing to do mm. and the most authentic thing to do. And I just love the word that you said. Don't Jesus didn't skip. Mm-hmm. David didn't skip. Yeah. So why are you so downcast? Yeah. Hope in God. And he says it three times, actually, in those two Psalms back to back. So I, I feel like when you're when we're trying to wrap it together, it sounds like the gutters. There's a gutter where my humanity cost me my holiness. Mm-hmm. And then there's a gutter where my holiness cost me my humanity. Mm. So humanity, for the sake of being true to self, could cause me to not experience and enjoy heaven on earth and others who experience heaven on earth with me. And then my obedience unto God looks pharisaical, and I mm. actually boast about, oh, you know, this is just what I'm enjoying, and bless the Lord on oh my soul, rather than... Like, don't skip the step. Don't When you're human, don't skip the step of saying, God, this is hard for me, but I trust you. And then when you're in a holy place, don't skip the part of saying, but hey, there's loss here, but I count it as gain because I mm-hmm. love you. And so I would say the holiness side looks can look pharisaical in that gutter. And the humanity side can look like people who were uh, moving into drunkenness and orgies and everything else. And Paul says those are works of the flesh. Those are the gutters. Mm-hmm. I My favorite two things, everybody can choose their things, but Oliver is the two things you said. Is my humanity costing me my holiness? Mm-hmm. Maybe you just say, how is my humanity costing my holiness? That I don't ask God about this when I'm heading into it. And then another one, how is my holiness costing me my humanity? Uh, ultimately, podcast listener, I think we're trying to conclude today um, we believe there's an authentic holiness that we walk in. And Jesus walked in it, and we saw that Jesus didn't skip the step of... He didn't skip the wedding party, mm-hmm. nor making water into wine. Yeah. And that's human, but it was also divine. And nor did he skip, this is so difficult, could you make another way, Abba? Jesus was joining people in uh, receiving the oil poured out all over his feet, which was incredibly human. Hmm. And yet Jesus also was the one who cried 
when he knew Lazarus was going to be demonstrated for the glory of God, cried about Lazarus, but then raised him to the dead. Yeah. Raised him from death. So, I mean, there, you have this beautiful, authentic holiness in him. Um, and so, podcast listener, we want to invite you into that. What if being true to self didn't stop with the fallen version that you had in your mind? What, what if being true to self really means to live authentically from who Christ is in you, your new essence? And we really believe that in that tension, as Oliver called it, in that place, is the place where heaven meets earth, mm-hmm. meets with you. Yeah. Heaven meets earth through people, people like you, podcast listener. And man, that's just, to me, Oliver, that's invigorating, man. Mm. That's, that's life. He's never asked us to not be who we are. But he's also freed us so we don't have to be stuck with who we were. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think of as in being holy as I am holy is, you know, the relational nature of God and how relational he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that Leo looks like me. I mm-hmm. like that Rose has teeth and it smiles like me. You know, it's not, it's not this an imposition of like, I'm going to ask you to do something or be something that I'm not mm-hmm. it's because you're subjected to me. It mm-hmm. is relational, and, and we have to keep that in mind. Wholeness and holiness are, are, are in the same vein. Humanity and holiness are the same vein. And when I talk to my kids, you know, I don't want Leo to say, hey, Leo, go clean your room, and him be like, all right, whatever you say, yes. you know, like that wouldn't, yeah, yeah. that wouldn't That's be good. my heart. You know, my heart would be, well, dad, I don't want to. Well, why not? Because this, this, I and this, agree. because I think that when you engage that relational dynamic of learning how to be like your father and with your father, um, we understand and believe and, and really truly get to benefit and understand that whole holiness is for his glory and our good, that they're not mutually exclusive. And so anyways, um, as always, a great time to gather around the microphone and the campfire, which is non-existent, but I picture it right over here. That'd be fun to have one up here. Yeah, fire pit. I don't know about in your office, but... Yeah. But um, as always, great to to be with you, podcast listener. Um, Send us uh, comments, feedback, questions that you've had. We're thinking through the summer about topics that we would like to consider. Mm -hmm. Um, So send those on iTunes, link, subscribe, uh, share. And um, make sure you you share this with somebody on your social media. And uh, if you're interested in going to UFC gym, you know, message us and I'll get you a free pass for a week and you can come work out with me. Heck Uh, yeah. Thanks a lot to UFC for the sponsorship here on uh, UFC Greenville here on this podcast. Oliver! Bruce Lee and uh, David Lee Jones. <laughs> there you go. What's his name? See you podcast. Who? Neil Patrick Neil Harris? Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Signing off. Did you say Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Adios.